Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Eat your meat. Brittany is eating meat. Eat your meat. I'm going to keep all this in. Eat meat. <laughs> Speaking of meat. Oh, my God. I just had vegan enchiladas for dinner, and I'm starving. What a surprise. <laughs> Plus, I ate a whole lint chocolate bar. Oof. Marron. What did we have? We had rice. With like, Mark made this really yummy rice with like kale and apricots, mm. but like all these things that I wouldn't have thought would go well together. It was so good. I don't like apricots. Sorry, all these things that I really like that went don't well be together. Sorry. And these and like we had chicken thighs with it. And then like I was like so content. And then like mm. two hours later, I was like, I am starving. Listen, there's something going on. I don't know what's going on, but I am ravenous. There's something going on with my stomach. Like all, all of a sudden, in the middle of whatever day, I'm just suddenly, my stomach is empty and I need to eat everything in sight. I'm just so hungry. I think it's... Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> no, you're... Um, hopefully you're not pregnant, but anyway. Um... No, I've checked recently because I was so nauseous last week. Oh, no! <laughs> I literally came home and I was like, I think I'm pregnant because I'm so sick. I was so sick, but it was just yeah. a stomach bug. We're all good. Okay, good. <laughs> Phew. That's that a close one. I want another baby, but not yet. <laughs> not just now. Not just now. No, yeah, I've been right. I think it's the time of year. I think everybody's really hunkering down. We're, we're in bear mode. We're in like hibernation, hibernation. mode. Hibernation. <laughs> so we're like fattening up and getting ready to <laughs> sleep. That'd be great. I wish we could actually do that. Wouldn't mm -hmm. that be awesome if we could like... Just eat a shit ton that. of food and then like just go to sleep and go to sleep and For then you wake months. up and you're and you and wake you're like up and you're skinny, skinny. <laughs> and you're ready to go. You're like, ah, oh, I have this. So I watched this whole video on TikTok today. I couldn't stop watching it. It was at least five minutes long and it was of a bear having a nap. So somebody has like a trail cam or something and this bear like made a bed, laid down and proceeded to have a two hour long nap in the middle of the day. I want that. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. I think you can see it. I'll send it to you on Messenger or Instagram or whatever. I'll probably because watch it's the whole thing. so cute. The way he like, he lifts up his leg and like puts it against a tree and he stretches and he's like, oh, oh my God. God. It's so cute. And I was like, that's so cute. Oh God, this bear is so bearing around. Like he's just a bear guy. And I was laughing because he reminded me so much of Greg and how Greg oh. naps for hours and hours. And he's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just having the time of his life so Seriously. rested when greg oh my like, God. like what he does this thing where he scratches his back like on the corner of a wall like and bears do that on trees and it just makes yeah. me laugh because greg's like ugh, ugh, he's like scratching his back and I'm just like, <laughs> i worked with a guy who did that when i first started at the firm r.i.p this this uh this guy he passed away but oh no he was a wonderful old man uh -huh. And he used to like you would chat with him, and like halfway through the conversation, he'd be like scratching, scratching his back, his back. On the side of the of the door frame. 
Yeah. <laughs> Guys are funny. They have no shame. God, I would never do that. Oh, like I would never as a like a woman in an office no. like, think that was appropriate <laughs> no. at all. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing your coworkers' faces? They would be like, like oh, oh yes, scratching my itch. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell? No. Oh, it's so you have to watch. Anyway, there's a part in that where Will Ferrell needs his itch scratched and it's hilarious. So is it I don't know, is Ryan Reynolds just Ryan Reynoldsing all over the place? Kind of, but apparently he can sing. Of course he he's can. A, he's actually like not bad. Will Ferrell also Will Ferrell confuses mm. me because he hits all the right notes. This guy. Mm. technically sing great yeah sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> sounds horrible but like his tone is horrible like but his like he's hitting these notes like he hit this like beautiful high note i was like oh good for you but like still terrible i'm so sorry oh bad tone yeah i love will ferrell though and honestly i think maybe it was a it was a choice Oh, that they made. you don't think that was a choice? Come on. Of course. That's what I'm thinking. Like for the movie, just like to kind of comedy keep it, like, silly. And yeah. Yeah. It's really good, though. It's actually very heartwarming. It's a really nice story. If you like musicals at all, then it's you would really like it. What Christmas story is it based on? It is based is it on like, the story of Scrooge. Is it Christmas Carol? Yeah. Okay. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. We call it a Christmas Carol. Uh, Sorry. Brittany. The story of Scrooge. Jesus Murphy. <laughs> and, and the heavy bag. <laughs> uh, I suppose you should welcome everyone to this episode of Squintcast. My name is Kelly. I'm Brittany. And, and I'm eating just, a potato. Just finishing up her dinner, which is fine. And we are recording this on the heels of our last episode so we are feeling good feeling groovy really excited to discuss this episode because i'll just say before we start um it's this is uh season two episode nine yes it is called aliens in a spaceship right which is a weird title because technically the episode that the title from the last one the girl in the sand would make more sense regardless um way more sense <laughs> there are no aliens there isn't even an actual spaceship no we'll it get just there. so it's fine. you know this episode and i texted you earlier this is a defining defining episode for me in so many ways it was like i've watched it now this is probably my third fourth time because technically i watch it like two days in a row and then i watched it like last year and blah blah, blah. yeah every time makes me cry i cry every time oh yeah cry at the very end especially this episode did mark cry did not cry but the ah! second i know we're working on it Ugh. but so like so <laughs> this episode started i was starting it by myself i was about yes. 10 seconds in yeah i stopped it restarted it was like mark you need to come watch this episode with me this is an incredible episode i have not watched this show in years maybe a decade like i haven't seen this episode in that long mm -hmm. and this episode is very memorable for me 
Yeah. I remember I don't, I don't know what it was. I just remembered like what I couldn't mean? remember. This is like in a crazy episode. And I was just like, oh, yeah. I have thought about this episode since we started this podcast. I'm like, when are we gonna see that episode? When does that episode yeah. happen? Is it happening this season? Is it happening now? It I was, was just so waiting good. and waiting and waiting for this episode. This is the moment. Let the record show. <laughs> that Kelly will decide. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. She loves Hodgins. Ah! <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I have so many conflicting feelings. And even ah. Angela, like Angela and Hodgins were terrible in season one. We agreed on that. Mm-hmm. But I promised you redemption. We've been approaching it, and I think we're achieving it in this episode. We're getting there. For sure getting there. Oh my god, this the yeah, this episode is fantastic. I'm curious, which I didn't look. I know we usually talk about this at the end. Mm. But I'm curious who directed this episode. Is that something that you had looked up? No, I haven't looked it up yet. Because I'm curious if it is let me say one more time that I'm curious. Um Hey, Brittany. <laughs> I am curious. Are you curious? <laughs> Who directed this episode and if this was directed, if the director uh, had yes, directed episodes before this episode or if this is his first. Okay. I think I've seen this name before, but we it is. See. So he <gasps> has directed four episodes of this show, but this is the first of okay, the four okay, he okay. will direct. This is Craig Ross Jr. Okay. Okay. And he's a person of color, which is I think it's our first person of color who directed Bones at this point. Oh, I, I believe. That. I believe. I don't know. I'd have to double check. It looks you're like saying he kind of he... took a break, actually. Like he didn't he isn't he didn't direct things for quite a few years and then Yeah. Kind of got back into it more recently. It's interesting. I wonder. But you're saying okay, so he directed four episodes in total. Four in total. This is the first one. So I'm very curious to see where that goes. It is interesting that this is such a defining episode and we have a first time director. What do you mean a first time director? Well, first time is in like he's this is the first time he's directed this episode or this this series. Okay. Yes. So he would be obviously familiar with the storyline and everything clearly. All right, don't hold me to that fact about him being the first person of color. I'm not 100% sure, but I just, I haven't noticed, I haven't noticed anyone else. Yeah, we should, we could look at some point. I could look, I can do some research or I can just wait for someone to make a comment and I'll find out that way. (laughs) Wait for someone Mm. to correct us. (laughs) Exactly. There's always that option. (laughs) Social media, (laughs) the joys. (laughs) So I haven't really caught up with you yet. I just wanted to ask, how True. is the new routine going with work, Wayne, daycare, grandma? It's going well. Like your mother-in-law, um, you know? Pardon? Like your mother-in-law helping out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Mark's mom has been coming Mondays and Thursdays, and then he's in daycare Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Wayne has completely changed in the last, like, three weeks. Just, I think wow. it's the age. I don't think it's like the fact he went to daycare or anything. Um, 
he's like a sponge. Like you can talk to him now and he seems to understand. Like you can be like, come here, Wayne. He like tries to brush his own hair now. He like tries to brush his own teeth. It's like this flip that switched in the last few weeks. Walking like a champ. Walked through the mall with us yesterday. What mall? We went to get his haircut at. Oh my God. I can't remember the name of it. Fairview Yorkdale. No, it's like a random mall. It starts with a P. Promenade Mall up in Thornhill. Okay. Okay. Because they had, the reason we went there is they have a place that specifically cuts kids' hair, Melonhead. Um, we could have gone downtown, but I figured it was easier to go up to Thornhill. The lady was a magician. So my son had what I called, what I said to my dad is he had a mullet. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't a traditional mullet. It was like party in the front, rager in the back. Like there was no business. So... Wayne is like he's not about the business. He's all about no. the yeah party life. So <laughs> we took him to this like place that cuts kids' hair. Um, they sat him in this like little helicopter or like plane. So cute. It was so cute. Where's the and pictures from that? I'll have to set. Yeah, I didn't. I never posted. I have to post. So <sighs> I'll send you some. Crazy. Actually, maybe I should just send you now so you can see while we chat. Okay. But um. <laughs> He did so well. There was a kid right behind him that was losing his shit. And Wayne kept looking around at him like, hey, bro, you okay? Um, But he was just like very curious. The woman that cut his hair literally is a magician. If she doesn't get paid a million dollars an hour, she should. <sighs> because she literally was using like an electric razor on Wayne's hair. And yeah. like she was like one with him. Like she was moving in and out with him. Like yeah. he was not staying still, moving his head in every direction. I'm sending you a couple of pictures. <laughs> How much did that cost you? Can I ask? It was only $36. That's not bad considering it's actually, like, you have to have incredible skill to do that. You're right. Oh, yeah. Like, and although it took her about 10 minutes. <laughs> so from that perspective, oh, like, that's not bad. The hourly rate is like pretty impressive, I guess. Sure. But, but it's a skill, girl. Like, oh, it's a skill. It was, I, yeah. I'm so grateful that she did it because I don't think. No, you would have like, ended up. <laughs> no, I would have like accidentally cut his ear off or something. Yeah. It would not have been good. No, 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 no. Don't put yourself in that position no. ever. No, no that thanks. sounds, that sounds fun. It is funny how much they, uh, progress and develop isn't it when they're around other people it's fascinating yeah i think that makes a huge difference like there are kids in his class or in his daycare that are walking um and like you could tell like oh you could tell that he wanted to be doing that with them because he was walking a bit when he went to daycare but not much like he would walk like half a room or like he could walk the room but it would take him pretty long He'd fall a couple times and now he like no problem is walking around, which is These really pictures, cool. He's isn't that hilarious? He's still ready to party. Like he oh yeah, loves ready it. to party. He has a little walk now. I know, I see that. It's the it's the haircut Mark always wanted. Oh yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> I'm going on and on about all this, but the true highlight of my weekend, can I tell oh, you? Oh yes. Oh yeah, please do. 
So on Friday, we took him to get pictures of Santa, which was great. Irrelevant. Not even that important now. Oh, really? The story I'm about to tell. Wow. So it was really cute. It was really sweet. I'm kind of annoyed with the Fairview Mall right now because you're supposed to get your pictures within 15 minutes. They had a glitch. So they're like, it might take a little longer, but you'll have them by Sunday for sure. Hello. Where are my photos? Have not gotten them yet. So anyway, hopefully that'll happen. But, um, oh, also Wayne lost his shit. Like he, we have the traditional, like the very stereotypical kids looking at Santa screaming, crying. Terrifying. Yeah. So we decided like, where we, where'd you get the picture taken with Santa? Uh, Fairview mall. So over at like DVP and that's the fancy one, right? It seems kind of fancy. It's, it's fa- yeah, is it Yorkdale that's fancy or is it Fairview that's fancy? Oh, Yorkdale is fancier. Yeah. But it's not bad. It was pretty good, actually. But yeah, so I like, we decide we're on our way back. We're caught in a little traffic. We're like, you know what? Why don't we go out for dinner? Like, he can eat normal food now. So we're like, we have a little bit of food that we packed anyway for him. And we figure whatever, like he will order him pizza and he can have like a cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. Yeah. No big deal. So we're sitting macaroni there. and cheese, cheese pizza, chicken, chicken ladies. fingers. <laughs> I'm good to go. Oh, uh, he's getting his molars right now, mm. so he like doesn't even want to eat, and it's so frustrating. But anyway, uh, um, where'd you go, poor kid? So we went to Wild Wing um, because it's close to home. We figured it could be like a nice in and out, just like nothing fancy. So we walk in and we are the only people in this wild wing other than, and it's six o'clock just for reference on a Friday. Okay. We're the only people there other than this, like 40 something year old group of mostly men, a couple women just like having some drinks after work. I'm assuming, I don't know. Um, there must've been like, 15 of them. And so Wayne has no chill. He loves to stare at people, usually Uh with a smile, sometimes not. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so this like gentleman, I didn't realize it, but at at the time, but he like left for a bit from that group Mm. and he came back and he had gone to the store to buy Wayne a teddy bear. Oh my God. And gave him this teddy bear and was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. He's been like smiling and looking at me. And like, I don't normally do this, but I really felt like strongly that I needed to get him a teddy bear and like give it to him. So Merry Christmas. Like you have a wonderful day. And we're like, are you? Hello, <laughs> angel. Like nicest person ever. He was so sweet. The, like this whole group, we ended up like chatting with them. Um. <laughs> yeah, just like really really nice people oh my god isn't that insane that's wild We're at like, the wild wing at wild wild, wing. At the wild, wild. Wing. <laughs> it's so wild wild things happen at wild wing <laughs> so wild wow so yeah, he like ditched his friends for like 15 minutes came back I'd say, with like this teddy where's bear. my fucking teddy bear like i know i should have said that you should get one <laughs> <laughs> i want a teddy bear <laughs> i've been parenting for over a year now i've I never that i should be rewarded that's wild truly like i would i've i've never experienced no. anything like that like just no. genuinely just you could tell he was just a very genuinely good nice person 
Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sure it helped him with the ladies. So, oh my god, that's the other thing. I was like, there's got to be some other motive here. Oh, like, for are sure. There women there? Is he trying? There to were women there. Sweetie is. And they were all like, he's. So I would sweet. not like that, Brittany. I would be like, what are you doing, man? That's weird. we didn't think about it until later. Like we're driving home, and Mark is like, wait. I wonder if he did it because those ladies were there. Oh, listen. I was like, I would, uh, yeah, maybe. I would be totally <laughs> suspicious. I'd be like, fuck off, guy. Like you're just. <laughs> It would feel so insincere to me. I'd be like, because uh, I can, I can, I can see it. I can see insincerity. Yeah, from a mile away, I can go he, like, I'm oh. not a good read of people at all. But no, like, you're very trusting and kind, scary. which is why you're doing a podcast with me because you've no clue <laughs> how terrible I am. You're a wonderful person. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my god, <laughs> it was just I like we were just floored. We like couldn't believe it, and it was just it's so, very like, sweet. As like first you benefited time parents, especially, from his, uh, yeah. Yes, benefited we benefited from his ego. Whatever his whatever his uh, ulterior motive was, I don't even care. Like Wayne has this awesome teddy bear now. It doesn't matter. He loves it. And That's great. Yeah, no, it was just really cute. It was so. Was sweet. Was it a good teddy bear though? Oh my god, it's such a good teddy bear. One second, I'm just gonna go grab it to show you. Is it a gund? Gotta get a gund. No, I. You know what a gund is? I don't know what kind it is. Oh my god. Oh, look Isn't at him! Cute? He's so cute. So cute. He looks like Mark. with me. <laughs> oh, since Wayne got his haircut, he looks exactly like Mark now, which is like okay because <laughs> like Mark is great and handsome, but like I was really loving him looking like me for a minute there. What's the brand of the teddy bear? Where's the tag That's say? Question. It's mm. probably from like Metro. Yeah. <laughs> Royal. Oh, I don't know that brand. Do you ever hear of Gund? Gotta get a Gund. It was a specific brand of like stuffed animals. Gund. G-U-N-D is a brand name of a stuffed animal company. And they made very, I love their stuffed animals. Oh, I think I had one of these as a kid. Everybody had them. Gund toys at the bay. Oh, for sure I had one of these. They so had cute. the softest, cutest, like mm. really nice guns. Anyway, that's my story. So cute. Okay, so how are you doing? That's that's my update. Uh, <laughs> what am I'm fine. I'm starving all the time. I'm in a lot less pain thanks to you know having oh, good. my physio a couple weeks ago. I did kind of like take it easy this week and i i canceled on one of my clients and then i put out a food menu and nobody fucking ordered it no. and i was like shit but you know it's okay it's that time of year it's weird people have christmas parties they're traveling whatever but then i had to do the order i was already making this particular menu for a friend of mine who was going to a dinner party on yesterday so okay. i thought oh, i'll prepare the same meal for everyone i thought whatever how long does that take you it takes me so long it wasn't worth it i didn't make enough money to even get out of bed okay but it's done (laughs) whatever suck it up fine the piece de resistance though was the vegan cupcakes because she wanted to bring cupcakes so i offered to do a dozen and i did half and half i did half vanilla half chocolate and they're vegan yeah they were so good i like i have to say i just took uh cake recipes and you know 
scaled them down and did uh, I did a dozen of each so that Greg and I had a dozen at the end, you know, and we ate them very smart. Like they were going out of style. I had so much cupcake. It was insane. And the icing, I have this vegan butter. I make the icing. The vanilla cake was so good. The chocolate cake was so good. I was like, oh my God, I should like open a vegan bakery. You should. <laughs> that tiramisu no, I... is still in my dreams. Sounds delicious. Make you should pastas. open a food truck. Oh, it's so much work, Brittany. I'm going to be 50. You have to remember these things about me. I'm not a young person. I do forget because you look so young. Oh, yes. Mine's is glowing. <laughs> <laughs> you do look great, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, vegan food, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do... I Honestly, it was 4 o'clock today. It was dark outside. I was like, I guess it's nighttime now, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's so... I hate this time of year for that. Sorry. No, no. I wanted to do so much, so yeah. much cleaning. I have to clean my house, Brittany. I have not cleaned my house for, I don't even want to tell you how long it's been. Mark and I. No, it's bad. Uh, it's like have I, 10 loads of laundry to do. And we honey, did seven of them today. <laughs> I just feel like my house is out of control. Christmas it's is so coming. Hard. Allie's coming home soon. Shit's hitting oh, the so fan. exciting. I have so much to do. It's not even funny. And I'm very concerned because Greg and I usually have a party on Christmas Eve every single year. And I said to him today, do you want to host? Are you, we going to cancel this party or what? Like, cause we, our house <laughs> is such a disaster. I'm like, I can't, we haven't had anybody in here since the pandemic. Like in terms yeah. of a party, you know? Yeah. No yeah, one's hosting... had anybody over. Nobody's had anybody over. So their houses yeah. are a disaster. Yeah. We have that problem as well. <laughs> I think hosting. it's just normal. It's just normal. I think so too. You just have some rooms that you just close the door and tell this idea to go that there. everything has to be clean all the time. Like I have so little control over my life. You know what I mean? Like it's, I have zero control over anything. And I would just, and it's not that I want control. I just want it to be like, so when somebody comes in unexpectedly, I'm not constantly apologizing for the state. Yeah. You know? 100%. 100%. It's like taking vitamins. I'm very bad at it. Like, I don't remember. And I'll go, fuck it. Who gives a shit, right? We're all going to die. You know, like, I just don't care. We're all going to die eventually. <laughs> I think we should get into it. Let's do it. All right. Why don't you start us off? Ooh. Okay. I'll start us off. Yes, please. So Brennan wakes up. She's in a car. She is reaching behind her neck. She's in a lot of pain. She turns the radio on. It's very dark in this car. She's honking the horn. She's yelling like, hello. And then she figures, oh, I should open the window. And then all this dirt comes in the car. So at this point, it's very clear that this car is underground. She turns around and she notices Hodgins is in the back seat. She doesn't look so bad. She looks like she has it pretty well together. Maybe she just for, I don't know how she became unconscious at this point, but she's fine. Hodgins, not so much. Doesn't look good at all. His yeah. leg has a huge, huge gash on it. Mm -hmm. He's obviously got a major inj injury on his leg. And they figure out 
that they've been buried alive by someone called the grave digger and yes. of course we gotta see how they ended up there mm-hmm. so let's cut back to 48 hours earlier yes we transitioned to 48 hours earlier where booth and brennan arrive at a crime scene together or a scene together a cop shows up and he tells them there's some weird sort of spaceship thing he's calling it a spaceship but he shows them to this contraption that looks like a big sort of metal vat that's buried in the ground it's like a large barrel enclosure that has two desiccated bodies inside and there's a great shot when brendan looks through like there's a window that brendan looks through and she sees these desiccated remains and then she goes do you want to see booth so she tells him to come over and he leans down and they look through the glass together and you see their faces and then they switch to the bodies and you're like wow and then she basically immediately identifies the desiccated bodies as two adolescent boys without even touching them like this is from a distance like just looking through this people and she figures they've been in there for a while like years years they're kids not aliens don't yeah, know which, why yeah like i would love to take a tally of the number of kids involved in cases at this point it is too many oh my god there's maybe so many it's, it's crazy maybe it's reality though like lots of kids are yeah you know. we find out very quickly like this this episode moves extremely quickly there are 39 yes. scenes but they're all very short very quick mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. we find out so we cut back to the lab they're already looking at these bodies Mm -hmm. they figure out that one of them is untouched like there doesn't seem to be any major injuries on the bones but the other one there's trauma to the legs the legs are broken the pelvis is broken um they make some comments and booth walks in and says oh does do these comments that you're making mean that they're twins Mm-hmm. Because there's a picture of two twins. They disappeared. Matthew and Ryan Kent uh, were kidnapped October 31st, 2001. Mm-hmm. No one had seen them since. Um, sure enough, it, immediately they decide, yes, you got it. You are the person who solved the case. Good job. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> what uh okay booth swipes card to come on to the episode yeah um booth swiped his card to come onto the platform a b uh zach used a bunch of uh science language to basically say that they were twins exactly and how many years did he say they were in there um he said that they were in there i did not write it down at this point me neither but i haven't written it down but this was sorry so this was 2001 and so it would have been five about five years because this okay. episode would have would have come out 2006 ish right so we got a five five years okay good and yeah. then we have our intro about that
All right, moving on. Sorry, Abby, moving on. Where are we? Where are we? At the FBI office conference room. Oh, God. This is such an awkward scene. Is this we where find- they, that Booth and Rebecca broke up? This is the room where they like ducked into and he, they broke up. 100%. This is the <laughs> conference room. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. So we're talking with Brennan, this guy, Pete Sanders, this mm-hmm. other woman named Kim Curland. Mm-hmm. They're having a conversation. Hmm. Mr. Pete Sanders used to be an FBI agent. He's since retired and became a general contractor. Anyway, he and then she is the assistant United States attorney. Irrelevant, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these people are important. So basically the file's still open on these two boys because it was never solved that they, how they died Mm -hmm. or they were never found, but they knew that they were kidnapped by someone called the grave digger. Right. They were snatched from, I'm sorry, I, I wrote this in my notes. They they said that they were snatched after a drinking party. Not just any party, a drinking what, party. What other kind of party is there, girl? What other kind of party? <laughs> anyway, so a drinking party. So basically, this guy, Mr. Sanders, it would appear that this case weighed very heavily on him, and that's probably why he decided to pursue another career. Mm-hmm. Because he had told the father of these two boys not to pay the ransom. Yeah. So this grave digger, he basically calls every single time that he's done this. And he's done it quite a few times. I think five or six times at this point. Yeah. He calls. He says, this is the ransom I want. Mm-hmm. Your son or your whatever relative has 24 hours. Mm-hmm. wire me the money between wire me the money in that time and then i'll give you the coordinates where you can find them yeah they'll be buried buried alive but you can get them out and whatever but this agent told them do not pay the ransom and ultimately they never found the boys mm-hmm. and now they know obviously that they died yes um but there's this K&R guy, kidnap and ransom expert, that had told them, because he's an expert in the gravedigger, had told them, mm-hmm. he wrote a book on the gravedigger, that mm-hmm. that he should have paid the ransom. At the time that they had that 24 hours, he was saying, you got to pay the ransom, you got to pay the ransom. But the father listened to the FBI instead. Mm-hmm. We should just cut to the next scene, because now we're with the father. Should we just well- carry on? I'll just mention one thing. During Talk this discussion, the ADA, the assistant district attorney, uh, the former FBI lady, she says very, like, they're very, she's kind of got an attitude. And she goes, what's the point? So much. What's the point? What are you going to get out of these dead bodies anyway? Like, you you don't have any evidence. How are you going to find the grave digger this way? Then Booth says, actually, Dr. Brennan has a very unique way of getting the dead you know getting bones to talk to her and give us all kinds of information yeah and she notices booth saying this like brennan like kind of looks at him like oh that was nice of you to say like how kind of you he was complimenting her and saying like she's she's able to catch people because of her expertise oh my god moving on what's the next sorry (laughs) tell me about how this father does (laughs) well 
I was thinking about the kidnap and ransom dude, and I wrote in my notes, wait till you meet this guy. And I was just Oh my god, joking. I skipped ahead. Yes, sorry. Oh no, it's fine. So we meet the K and R guy. We're calling him the K, the kidnap and ransom expert. He's a former FBI agent named Thomas Vega. So we meet this guy and a journalist, quote unquote, who I think is basically his ghostwriter. They're in Brennan's office. Now, first thing, Booth makes a comment about this woman being a journalist. And he it's like he okay, I have questions about how he asked this question. Like, does he think that Thomas Vega is sleeping with this woman or that she's not really a journalist? Or I got what? the impression that he was hitting on her. See, I thought that too. I was like, is he thinking that Thomas is sleeping with her or does he want to sleep with her? Like, He's I couldn't like, oh, journalist, huh? I was like, keep it in your pants. Like, journalist, this is huh? the, that's hot. Like the <laughs> second or third episode where he's like super like flirting with other women like totally yeah. plowing his way through washington you know so and maybe he did in vegas too who knows listen honey <laughs> if they had their own rooms why not like seriously <laughs> we don't know what, what happens in vegas stays in vegas yeah so we meet them in brennan's office and i made a note that there's a glassed in glass encased mummy behind them in the office i did not even notice and i thought wouldn't that be cool if you went to somebody's office and they had like artifacts like that like just laying around oh my god that would be amazing pretty wild you should check it out regardless we learn a little bit about the grave diggers modus operandi uh she mentions that he's very consistent no one sees anyone taken he makes ransom demand via digitally altered voice or they make ransom demands sorry (laughs) uh there's time limits given there's no second call once the ransom like you said once the ransom's paid the coordinates are given and they're stunned with some kind of prod some kind of electric cattle prod or taser yeah uh, in order to kidnap them and the survivors don't remember anything booth hates thomas vega with a passion oh yeah and brennan picks up on that because the second that they leave she calls him out and is like you were kind of mean to them (laughs) and he goes thanks yeah thanks (laughs) he really hates vega because he thinks Vega's just out to make you know write another book make a bunch of money whatever he's basically cashing in on this serial killer doesn't actually care about helping the victims or whatever exactly i i kind of got that vibe to be honest but really you're so insistent though vega that he it wasn't until the end where i was like yeah he was a flop oh he was the worst but that's fine <laughs> well we're back at the jeffersonian brennan mm-hmm. zach and well brennan and zach at first and then hodgins joins them mm-hmm. um they're looking at various things i say various things because it's okay yes so hodgins he comes up with some information he figures out that there's some particulates anyway he decides he tells them that they the victims are being grabbed from underground parking garages mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where that's where he pries on unsuspecting victims they want to figure out how long 
the twins survived. That's the the main kicker here. Yes. Um, they're they realized, although they already said that the they said in the previous scene, as you mentioned, that a cattle prod mm-hmm. or a stun mm-hmm. gun was used, but they want to very they want to come up with this specific um, type instrument that was used. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So um, she sends Hodgins off to do the math on how much air they would have had in that vat and so then how long exactly they would have survived given the amount of air that was in there so the next and thing i tried have... to mm-hmm. cut ahead earlier but you tell me more about the dad now let's right. try so that the now. next thing we have the <laughs> assistant district attorney is meeting with the twin boys' father at this point i didn't know their last name was kent so i was like the twin boys' father and vegas sitting next to the father booth and brennan and the ada across from them the father is really angry with the FBI in general, because they told him not to pay the ransom. And Vega tells the father, like, okay, so yes, that's fine, but now you need them to solve this crime. So, you know, you got to be nice to them now because they're trying to figure out who did this to your sons. And we learn a little bit about the boys, but like while the father's telling this sob story about the boys and how spoiled they were and they were just typical teenagers, like he didn't really say anything revolu- um, revelatory about the boys. Brennan gets a text message from Hodgins. And I love this, these Motorola's. <laughs> He's Moto. <laughs> Hello, it's Moto. for us to Hello, see. Hello, Moto. <laughs> yes. So she gets a text message from Hodgins. And it says that the boys only had 12 hours of air in the vat. So then Brennan interrupts this, like after he shares his information about the boys, she tells the father that the gravedigger lied to him, that the boys didn't have 24 hours to live. And Vega is like really incensed by, you know, her contradicting thomas vega's view on the gravedigger and how consistent he is and how he doesn't play games and he's very clear about the rules that he's playing by so then it was explained uh she proves basically that um he miscalculated basically um he tells the father that the what was i going to say she so she anyway she proves that he could never have gotten the amount of money in time to save them and at the end of the day booth says to the father that it wasn't his fault like it's not your fault that you couldn't get the money in time like regardless of what the fbi told you whether you paid him or not the boys would have died anyway this man has held that guilt for five years honey you would hold guilt like your child your children are dead like or missing whatever like it would just be like it would be horrible awful I have respect for Brennan in this scene, though, Hmm. because she says to him, like, he asks her, like, is it painful for them to have suffocated? Ah. And she tells him, oh, it's like, it don't worry. It it was, I'm sure it was like falling asleep. Hmm. Hmm. I seriously doubt that. But it's nice for her to have said that to him. I can't imagine yeah. it's like falling asleep because no. it's like drowning, but not the opposite of drowning. Yeah. I would feel like your panic would be setting in. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to think this... about it. I'm sorry. It's so I know terrifying. this whole. Oh, that's like this is like my nightmare. But we get <laughs> speaking of nightmares. Um, what is with Brennan and her insistence 
Like she, she insists on questioning Booth's religion all the time. So they get into the car and they're driving Mm. along and she starts comparing the grave digger serial killer to God because he has, he lays down these rules, doesn't allow anyone to negotiate with him, Mm -hmm. doesn't care how it works out. Just do as he says, make some sacrifices and you're delivered. Or if you don't, you're going to end up in hell. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? No, like, please stop. And she, she transitions this comment to, do you think I could come to church with you since you go every (laughs) Sunday? No, no, you cannot. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just a nice little filler driving scene, but I thought it was hilarious. Yes. We do see in the next scene the different containers that were used to hold the previous victims of the grave digger all lined up side by side. Yes. And I just thought it was so cool. It to was see them cool. Lined up like that. And creepy at the same creepy time. And terrifying, but she brought she she brought all these containers, but she also brought all their clothing, like the victims' clothing, yes. so they could be examined. Brennan and Hodgins both agree and determine that they were definitely snatched in underground garages. Yep. And then the ADA chimes in with some behavioral information about the type of person that the gravedigger could be based on behavioral science. Yeah. And then Booth interjects and says there's nothing typical about this person. Like, we can't even follow these yeah. rules. You and can't profile just- him wrote that he absolutely hates this person she he hates the ada so much oh yeah not a fan i thought i thought it was interesting hodgins Mm. makes like one comment in this whole scene Mm -hmm. um that every single piece of clothing uh they all show traces of aluminum and sooty residue so what that will tell us are you gonna spoil find something? Out. No, I don't remember. What, I don't remember what it's what it is. <laughs> but okay, we're back at the angulator. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out how one of the twins, Matthew, um, or what? Sorry, the Matthew's brother. How he Ryan Ryan? How Ryan ended up with the injuries <laughs> that he had? I didn't write their names. <laughs> I, I I wrote it down one time. At the very top of my nose. You're so good. You're so good. So Matthew and Ryan are twins. So Ryan is the one with all the injuries. And they're trying to figure out. They're th- they thought, okay, if this guy's injured, the only way, there's two options. Either he went into the vat injured or his brother beat the shit out of him and mm. injured him somehow like that. But they put everything through the angulator and they, they decide that there's absolutely no way that his brother could have hurt him Mm. in that way and the fact that he went injured into the vat makes them think well booth kind of makes the comment that it was a mistake that Mm. wait one second the boys died 12 hours ahead of schedule it was never supposed to be both of them it was only supposed Mm -hmm. to be one of them Mm -hmm. but he snuck up on matthew the one that had no injuries Mm -hmm. and then ryan showed up and he starts not fighting the guy, but whatever. Somehow he chases him down, and he gets injured in in the uh, in the process. 
Anyway, who cares? He gets I thought, <laughs> No, but they revealed it. They held. They had a ton of discussion They know about at this, this point about the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Boo okay. figures out that the grave digger f- screwed up. Yeah. Didn't intend to kidnap two people. Cattle prods one kid. The other kid comes to rescue him. Runs that other kid down with a car. Yes. So, Which is maybe where that may explain the aluminum. Well, the compound fractures are anyway, they're explained because of the the being hit by a car. And then because, like you said, the vat wasn't meant for two people, it wasn't meant for one. Therefore, they used up twice the amount of air and he died 12 hours ahead of schedule. So then Booth tells Brennan, you can no longer compare the gravedigger to God because God doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) And Angela pipes in. This is the (laughs) best. Oh my God. Do you want to say it? Yeah, Angela pipes in. She goes, well, putting the testicles on the outside was a bad idea. And then I started (laughs) laughing. Oh, I laughed so so hard. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was hilarious. Like, out of nowhere, she's talking about balls. She says it so smugly, too. I know. This next scene, we're with Zach, Angela, and Hodgins. And you could cut the tension. We are with Zach and Angela. Sorry, Zach and Angela and Hodgins joins them. And when he does, you could cut the tension mm-hmm. with a knife. They're talking, Zach and Angela are talking about how he can't figure out, like there he's checked every single commercial stun gun and he cannot figure out what type of stun gun or cattle prod or whatever was used. Yes. It was not a commercial. It was nothing that this person could have bought. Yep. And Hodgins comes in and is like, hey, if you haven't figured that out yet, I'm king of the lab because I have a huge (laughs) thing that I found. I found this huge, huge thing. Yes. I'm going to go catch Brennan to go tell her. King Mm. of the lab. This is the introduction of this concept of king of the lab. Oh, yeah, we'll there's something lots about it. Spoiler. Are we going to hear about King of the Lab in the future? We will, but that's a perfectly okay spoiler. Okay, good. <laughs> so anyway, this whole King of the Lab thing comes out. <laughs> Angela comes out of the shadows. Hodgins didn't realize she was there. Yes. He was like, oh, hi, Angela. I didn't know you were there. So he's like, well, all right. See ya. This and sucks. Starts- I'm going to go talk to Brennan now. <laughs> yeah. So he starts to walk away. She walks over to Hodgins and Angela says to him, can you stop being so weird? It's making me really uncomfortable. Oh, and I was like, Angela, you know what yeah. would have been funnier? It would have been funnier if she said, could you stop being so weird? It's making you really uncomfortable. That's what I wanted her <laughs> to say. That would have been funny. But instead, he just kind of leaves and obviously is uncomfortable. Yeah. And Zach is like, you know, you should probably give him a chance. Oh, my God. Like, everyone has an opinion on this matter. I know, Zach. right? And then she's oh like, excuse me? <laughs> He's like, oh, no, 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 never mind. I didn't say anything. You didn't hear anything from me. Sorry. Brennan is in the underground parking lot at yes. the Jeffersonian. She's about to get into her car when somebody runs up to her and stuns her with a stun gun. Then you hear Hodgins going, Brennan. He notices she's down on the ground. He starts running towards her. And as he gets closer to her, a car screeches around the corner and runs him down that's oh 48 hours right. later <laughs> well, no the next scene we have booth and cam yucking it up at the royal diner oh my god 
Apparently they're in a relationship, a secret relationship. Listen, this whole thing, the scene, we have to talk about this really quickly. I know, but I just, he's putting his seven pounds of sugar in his coffee again. She's (laughs) eating away. She's saying, let's go to New York for the weekend. Let's go have fun. And he's uncomfortable with this idea. And she's like, come on, you know, we're not cheating. We're two consenting adults. Let's just go do it. And then he's like, you know, why is our relationship a secret? And then she starts explaining. He calls her Camille. And then she starts explaining why their relationship is a secret. It's because they work together. They're professionals. It's nobody's business. His phone rings while she's talking to him. And he's listening and she's talking. Okay, this is another person talking to me while my phone, anyway, whatever. Or no, he didn't pick it up. That's right. The phone rang and she said, let it go to voicemail. But then he immediately listens to the voicemail because he has no chill. It's 2000, whatever. Like that's what we used to do. Remember? I guess. If someone leaves me a voicemail now, I get mad at them. Like, I'm like, why are you just text me? (laughs) Like people who call and leave voicemails that say, hi give me a call it's like well those, i saw that i missed a call those voicemails you. are maddening i'm like why are you making me waste <laughs> my time going into my phone calling voicemail putting in my password bop, bop, hitting all these buttons to hear you tell me to call you <laughs> so what's who's on his voicemail brit oh the great digger in their automated voice is saying Temperance Brennan and Jack Hodgins have been buried alive. Wire transfer $8 million to the following Grand Cayman account or they will suffocate to death. Not good. No. And Cam's like, what's going on? Like, she didn't understand because Booth's face is just falling. It's like his heart just sank into his stomach. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he's like, holy fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Honestly, it's. It's surprising that the gravedigger would leave a voicemail. Is couldn't they do analysis on it now? Oh, that is a good point. But I'm assuming they have like uh did they have um what are those called? Disposable or like those types of cell phones where they just buy like them a burner in corner phone? stores? Like a burner phone. Yeah, burner. They had burners because they had them in the wire. So they had to have them then. Yeah. Okay. That's my number one question. Number two, mm. why is Booth getting a call? Okay. Okay. Like, I'm freaking out. I like, you can't why? see. Why? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> like, did she just, did, the gravedigger just call the last number or the i don't know how they yeah. figured out to call booth honestly i don't know either like why not mm. russ that's like, what I, like is booth her emergency contact or whose family does hodgins have why aren't they calling hodgins's family exactly yeah it's, it's interesting and there has to be a reason for it and you probably know why and you're not going to tell me okay? no i don't but hot and i wouldn't tell you either because i'm amazing with spoilers oh you're so good (laughs) so good (laughs) but but i guess if we're comparing it to the twin situation Mm. the person that would get the call would be brennan not hodgins because hodgins was a mistake because they're running hodgins down 
Ah, uh, so he's the extra. With the card. Right, right, the right. Extra. So regardless, this is happening. Yes. It's terrible. The next scene, Booth is meeting with Horrible. Vega, Thomas Vega and the ADA, and they don't understand. $8 million. They're like, what the hell? Like, why so much money? It's crazy. So Booth then coughs it up. Let Hodgins, it's Hodgins who has all the money because his family is like the super mega rich, like corporation. Okay, but going back to what I just said in the last scene. Uh, why didn't they call them? And why $8 million if it's just based on Brennan? But it's not. He, but I guess they, 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 I guess this person figured out they know the information on this second victim that he accident. He there has he to be some reason for it in the future when we find out who the gravedigger actually yes, is. Yes, there must there be. has to be a link there having some to way do that with they the found FBI. out about them. Yeah. Yeah, because they obviously know they're being investigated. Yeah. So, and the timing is like insane because it seems like Hodgins just came out like, he was just talking to Angela and Zach about how he had, how he's the king of the lab. He just like broke through and found this, this is like huge thing. Crazy timing. Crazy timing. Yeah. All right. Now we are where we started. Okay. 48 hours later. <laughs> we are now in, in the interior car. of an underground vehicle that Brennan and Hodgins are buried alive in. Mm-hmm. So they figured out, okay, this must be the grave digger. Hodgins, you're not looking so good. He's I have a burn. It. He's out of it. He, She has that burn of the two markings on the back of her neck. So she's like, okay, that's exactly what Zach was saying happened. They're kind of calculating how much air that they should have. If they start with 12 hours of air, they'll be unconscious in 10. Yeah. We need to talk about that later. And then after that, if no one pays the ransom, then they're dead. Like very, very matter of fact, they're just kind of trying to get the lay of the land. Yes. Back at the lab, the countdown <laughs> is on. And oh, we love a countdown. We love, love a, a countdown. Bring There's it a on. clock My on the walls. Yes. Counting oh, down boy. minutes. And Cam Including is Including the milliseconds. Yeah, I know. And Cam is there and she's like, where, where are they going to find $8 million? She's like completely <laughs> like flummoxed. And it surprises Zach, me what that she doesn't I thought know. she knew that Hodgins was rich. I don't understand about who's sleeping with who, when they're sleeping together, who has the money, who doesn't like who knows who has money. I don't yeah. understand any of it. But Zach comes out with it. He's like, I have to tell you something. So he spills that Hodgins's family is super, super rich. Yeah. Well, then they kind of figure out. How do they get them? Like they're thinking, like how did they get them together? Like we know Bones and Hodgins are together, but yes, Bones was on her way to karate, and Hod, but Hodgins, Angela pipes in. Wait, Hodgins said that he needed to go talk to Brennan. Yes, because he so found something huge, and then he must have gone to try to catch Brennan. Exactly, and like first of all, the fact that Booth knew she was going to go to karate is interesting. Second, yeah, um, like he knows her schedule or something, and I he love knows this- every part of her. I know. I love this like Scooby gang situation where they're trying to trace oh their God. last movements and they're like rushing around and then they all end up in the underground garage. It's so like they take like a an afternoon trip down to the garage to see what was going on. <laughs> like because I guess they kind of figure out 
the only way that they were caught together is if it was in the garage because Hodgins wouldn't have gone to karate with Brennan. Right. Also, the gravedigger takes people from underground parking garages. Is there no security at the Jeffersonian? Like, I would think a, that this was a staff parking lot. B, Brennan should have her own space parking spot in there. Yes. The fact that they were, like, wandering around the parking lot, like that episode of friggin' Seinfeld, where they are, couldn't find the car, that they don't know where she parked, and that they're just trying to find... They, she should have her own designated spot. She's, like, <laughs> the smartest sure. person there. <laughs> She's the queen of the lab. She's the queen of the lab, exactly. But Cam so, immediately finds some traces of yes. blood and calls like, them Ooh, blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they come up with the same sort of rationale mm-hmm. that Hodgins must have interrupted the kidnapping, just like the twins. Then the grave digger, grave digger had, ran him over with the car. Angela's beside herself. She's like, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. Mm. Zach is out to lunch. Like, he has no emotions ever. He's like, oh, I don't know what this means. No, I think Zach is just, he doesn't know how to deal. It's, like, very stressful. And he's very worried about them handling it incorrectly. So he's like, let's not jump to conclusions. But the yeah. kid's like, you know what? We're on a deadline. I think Brennan will appreciate that we're just trying to figure this out. Then Booth gives everyone their yeah. marching orders. And he tells it, he's very good at delegating. So he's he delegates. Is. He says, okay, Zach, you be Brennan. You continue investigating the original case. Cause then we can, can maybe connect everything and find out what's happening. Exactly. Cam is going to look at Hodgins's notes because yep. whatever he was working on last, that the big re- revelation he had. And then Angela is told to call Brennan's brother, Russ, to tell him what's happening. And I wrote, this is where I wrote, I guess Booth is her emergency contact. <laughs> And then Booth <laughs> says he's con- going to contact the cantilever group about the ransom. So, which is great, but I guess, and I guess there's no way to access Brennan's fi- finances at this point. So that's the easiest way to go about it to talk to the chairman of the cantilever group. Because they're I not even trying to get the money from dollars. You don't think so? She no. has this huge no. book. No? Okay. That's, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Like, okay, I know I in want your little dollars. accounting office, you have <laughs> clients that have, you know, $8 million here, $4 million there, $2 million here. It's a lot of money. But not everybody <laughs> has that, Brittany. No. I'll, I thought for sure Brennan would. That would be an interesting question, what her net worth is at this point. Yes. Yes. Somebody must have it somewhere. on some Her accountant, kind of probably. But she doesn't wiki. really talk to them that often so no well, okay we're we're back in the car mm. they're taking stock of what they have because she was off to karate so she has a copy of her novel she has mm. water towels some mini kit i guess like a first aid probably mini first aid kit mm. ibuprofen two cell phones that don't have batteries a digital camera with a backup battery mm. and a shit ton of pens oh and a laser pointer Listen, so, I was like feeling inadequate with all the stuff that was in that car. I was like, that's exactly I better, what I was going to say. I better put some stuff in my car. Like I need to put a couple things like ibuprofen. Great idea. I should definitely yeah. put that in the car. Yeah. Um, apparently Hodgins, for some reason, has this $3,000 quarter ounce of perfume. Uh-huh. 
with him on his person. Mm. Yes. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But Brennan is concerned. Yes. That he has something called compartment syndrome. Um, First of all, can I just, before we get into this part. My family used to put what are called zero bars in our glove compartment. Have you ever heard of zero bars? They were no. these awesome chocolate bars. My mouth's watering thinking about them. Ooh. But we had like food and things like that in our glove compartment because we lived in a rural area and we could get stranded at any moment. So we always had chocolate bars, flashlight, <laughs> gloves, blah, blah, blah. Regardless, Brennan calls it ibuprofen. I call it ibuprofen. Everyone, and whenever I say it, people go, what? What's ibuprofen? Because it's Advil. Everybody calls it Advil. It's like the Kleenex of drugs. Yeah. I do call it ibuprofen usually. You do? Well, you're on, you're in my books. You're a winner in my books. Yay. <laughs> so you're <laughs> That's right. That's true, though. Right. A lot of people just call it Advil, but like there's Motrin, there's Advil, like there's a bunch of different Yes, and acetaminophen is Tylenol, so. Exactly. All right. Um, yeah, she, she's decided that she needs to do something about his compartment syndrome. Uh-huh. Because if she doesn't do something about it, she's concerned that it's going to become more and more painful. And he's going to slip into shock and die. So, yeah, he's not going to like it, but she's going to help him out. So what is, I looked up compartment syndrome because I was curious it's when the pressure within a compartment increases, restricting the blood flow to the area and potentially damaging muscles and nearby nerves. It makes sense because he got, he got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it just sounds break and so painful. Doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good at all. They only have eight hours and 22 minutes and 14 seconds left. Oh my God. Back of the lab. Hmm. Zach is beside himself. I called him emotionless. That's really horrible. I should not have said that. He does feel emotions and he cannot understand why he's carrying on investigating this crime of the twins. He's like, how is this going to help at all? Mm -hmm. Um, He's figured out that the one brother actually ended up killing himself in order to provide enough oxygen for the other brother to live a little bit longer. He figured out the brother killed himself. He didn't understand why Why? he did that. Cam is there to tell him he did it to save his other brother, to give him more time. Yes. That's what happened. So Cam is sort of consoling Zach. Because Zach actually, in this moment, uh, the actor, what's his name? Eric Milligan, does a really good job here of just being very stressed out. Like he's so anxious, but he's not anxious in a way that's like, he's not overacting. He's just standing there and you can tell he's like really tense and upset and he just feels so useless. Yeah. And Cam's trying to make him feel better that, you know what, knowing that about this brother will console the father and tell him that, you know, one of his sons gave his life to save the other. And like, that's a very important thing to give somebody in terms of closure. Yeah. And she tries to encourage him to keep going, like with figuring out the whole cattle prod situation or the stun gun situation. She showed pretty enormous empathy in that scene. I yeah. Thought. She was really nice to him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know it, 
it was kind of a nice moment between the two of them, despite the not so good circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Do you want to talk about this or do you want me to talk about it? I'll talk about it for a little bit. Okay. So we're back in the car, back in the car. Hodgins is tearing a page from Brennan's book and Brennan asks him if it's a note that he's written for Angela. And he says, yes, just in case he dies from the shock after she does this operation on him. (laughs) Oh my God. And then he says to her, this is when I kind of started to lose it because I was just like the way that TJ time, I think that's how you say his Mm -hmm. name, the way he conveys this moment, like it's right. Like he doesn't know, like, it's very awful. He nailed it. He's sitting there and he goes, listen, like he's kind of joking. Like he says, you know, well, Hey, think of it. Like if I die, then you get more air basically. Yeah. And he's trying to be funny, but he's also upset at the same time. Like so scared and upset. He's terrified, terrified. And then Brennan is so good here too, because she's like, it's not, it's not a good way to live. Like, I don't want to survive like that. Yeah. And she's really like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the way she says it, just like, I'm not, this is not what's going to happen. We are going to, we're going to make it like he's, she's trying to yeah. give him hope. And then who is this Brennan that understands human connection? She's really like, good. Like she's, she's great. So good. This but such episode, a different character from last season. I don't think it's that different actually. Like we really? shown of like we shoot showed, especially at the end of the season, like how that's true. And she is like when it started with the, the skull in the desert episode when she went to be available to Angela and like true she's available for booth and she's really good friend like she's very she's a very good friend very good very good regardless Brendan explains to Hodgins what she's about to do to him and she basically has to make this long incision in his leg so that the pressure can be released that he's experiencing from the blood vessels or whatever's happening whatever I explained before and she's telling him to get ready because it's going to be really, really painful. But right before is she that her it, karate belt that he's putting between his mouth? I don't know. That's a good question, but it's possible. I love all these little things. There's something else that, like, throughout this episode, there's things that happen that you know were foreshadowed in the beginning, right? So mm-hmm. it's just interesting all these little details. That's why I really like. It's a great. It's a really good episode. It's a good piece of work. You know what I mean? And just be, I'll let you take over. But right before she makes this incision, she finds this piece of something that's lodged into the wound. And she's like, wow, this is like evidence. I'll keep it for later. So they put it in her book. They put this piece of evidence in the book. And then what goes on? Are you sure you're going to let me talk about this? Well, just Hodgins says, I'll look at it later, right? It was just oh. like everything, everything had so much weight. Like, I'll look at it later. I don't know if I'm going to survive, but there's all these things. It's very, I was like. It kind of built up to this moment where suddenly he's like, one second. He's, he has the gag in and then he spits it out. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like a deathbed confession almost to her, mm-hmm. which we already knew, but it's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm nuts about Angela. 
I'm over the moon. I'm stupid in love with her. And that's why I bought her that perfume. Mm-hmm. Because he said, it's an expensive perfume. So if a man gives a bottle of expensive perfume, doesn't that say I love you? Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, there. Like I've said it out loud. I've like never told anyone this really before. Yeah. What's the gag back in his mouth? She does not comment at all. She's she's almost crying. Like she does that thing where she's got the tears just welling up in the bottom of her yes. eyelids and she's Hodges was making me cry on the incision. Oh, it was such a beautiful moment. And it's so obvious. It's been obvious this entire season that he is head over heels in love with Angela. Yeah. And we've just, at least I've been just hoping and watching, like hoping that she'll give him a chance. Like Zach was saying, like, you should give him a chance. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway, this whole, this scene which was beautiful ends in him screaming right she gets, she the, prepares uh, to do the incision so she does this yeah. really long incision and it's really gross he screams and screams in pain and he basically passes out because it's just like because she tells him it's don't fight much. don't fight yeah. it just pass out like don't try to fight it exactly which, when she said that i was like oh wow like scary <laughs> this is gonna be bad you're going to have so much pain you're going to pass out like that's oh, not good jesus yeah. christ sorry hodgins it's mm. for all those comments that you made in season one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is five hours, nine minutes and 34 seconds on the clock. I thought that was so morbid. Like <laughs> there's a big clock. I was like, guys. Oh my God. It's counting like, down so fast. Not good. <laughs> not good. They can't find Russ because he's on some remote fishing trip. Yeah. Way to go. Merck at this point was like, okay, so the actor wasn't available because wouldn't he rush there you would think that he would be there in a second Mm -hmm. because they like completely mended the relationship it sounds like yeah yeah and so cam is saying that hodgins wrote everything but he wrote everything in some kind of code so he's gonna she's gonna have to go talk to uh, talk to zach about how to break it and at this moment Mm-hmm. Angela chimes in and starts reading exactly what it says that yeah. they found traces of aluminum found in the clothing that are from the kidnapper's vehicle, like a box in the back of a trunk or truck or a van. Yes. Um, and Cam's like, How how did you read his notes? Like, how, how did you know? And so apparently Hodgins sends her notes all the time. <laughs> but angela is like she's so oh. upset she's oh, yeah. so upset and she does this actress does a great job conveying it yeah it's just like we need millions of dollars we don't need this evidence who cares we just need the millions of dollars and we'll pay the ransom and then we'll get them back yeah, yeah. and then she kind of just walks away and unfortunately very quickly we find out that booth yeah. can't get the ransom no. Because of Hodgins' own rules, which are that there has to be proof of life. So if there's no proof of life, then no ransom. Yeah, the cantilever group, the one that his the family corporation will not pay out without proof of life, and the gravedigger never does that. Ever. They have we were talking about that initially, like there it's non-negotiable. So 
they reach out one time and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So Cam is kind of thinking and Booth agrees that it's not a coincidence that they took Brennan when they did, that the gravedigger took took Brennan at that moment because they're thinking maybe she was getting close to something. But how, unless that they was work an interesting the comment, though, right? I thought so because unless they work inside the Jeffersonian, how would this person know that she was getting close? But I'm no like, there was no follow up to that comment, is what Not I'm saying. Not at all. No, like it's no coincidence she was taken. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like elaborate on that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> okay, I guess we'll come back to that. We'll circle back to the circle that. back. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> um, oh my god! So they, yeah. Back in the car with Hodgins and uh, Brennan, Hodgins wakes up when he hears the horn honk, actually. And Brennan is so relieved she didn't kill him by giving him this incision. Uh, Brennan is hot wiring the phone to the horn so that they can send a text. And then Hodgins says, well, okay, but that's going to blow the battery. Like the power of the horn is going to blow the battery and you're going to have like a very short window to send a message. Yeah. So they're trying idea, but let's figure out a different method. Right. So they're trying to decide. This is a very good moment. I really enjoyed this because this is a pure science, you know, where they they're trying to decide what sort of message to send. And they they're starting to talk about, like, what are we surrounded by? And then they try to figure out what kind of dirt is in the car, what what's around them. So they have to use. um all the things that they have with them yeah so they're going to use the camera they're going to use the laser pointer they're going to use blah 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 and then they're going to use the perfume because there's chemicals in the perfume apparently that react and then give him more ideas about what sort of uh earth and dirt is that they're buried in so that he can figure it out and then what happens well it works they he figures out so it which i thought was kind of cool like He's kind of just smelling the dirt at first and can tell immediately that it is nitrogen and sulfur. He spits in it, figures out that he's that they're in some sort of cool country, so Virginia. He's using the laser and the um the perfume to figure out exactly he figures out exactly where they are. And then what happens? It's so cool. They he uses the camera, so they use the they use the laser pointer, they use the perfume, and then he focuses the camera in and he's able to get this dirt to start like listening, which mm. is so cool. And he, after looking at it a little more closely, he declares yeah, that he knows where they are. So if they can get a message out, the fact that he knows where they are is amazing. It's super helpful. But before all that happens, right before uh, Brennan suggests they use the perfume to sort of mix in with the dirt to get the reaction they need, he starts saying how it's really expensive. And then she goes, I'll split (laughs) the cost with you. Don't worry about it. And then he says, he confesses to her that he's really rich. And she says, so am I. And he goes, no, no, honey, you're well off. I'm rich. There's a difference. And she's like, okay, well, I won't split it with you then. <laughs> and I'm not splitting fine. the cost of the perfume with you. Exactly. <laughs> but also, she doesn't know. 
guess not, man. Like, I, I guess these people that said they were supposed to keep the secret actually kept the secret, even though it's like a gossip fest usually over there. Seriously. We're at the FBI headquarters. Hmm. And Booth is about to bring the pain to Vega. Oh, yeah. Booth cannot understand how... Ve- so Vega, obviously, he... Booth somehow thinks that Vega can contact the gravedigger because he's working with him somehow he's implying I don't know what he's doing he's I was trying to figure that out too he's does desperate maybe, Booth is desperate yes but he also thinks that Vega perhaps knows something more than he's telling yeah perhaps. like he sees like he talks to him in a chat room or he has a contact of some or kind. contact or something. Mm. Some way mm. that he could get in touch with the gravedigger to say, hey, want to extend your deadline? From the beginning, this is just... You can tell that Booth is spiraling because mm. he's usually semi-rational. Yeah. And this is something from the very beginning of the episode. They made it clear on multiple occasions that the gravedigger does not ever stray from their routine or like mm-hmm. from their mo mm-hmm. no negotiation whatsoever mm-hmm. you get one call that's your uh ransom to be paid and that's it done mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know what booth thought he was getting from shaking vega down because he literally like literally throws him grabs him and throws him on the table at one point well, after Vega says he's she's going to die, Brennan's going to die. Yeah. That's when Booth flips his lid and he grabs him and assaults him, throws him on yeah. the table. And he's like, I don't give a shit like what what you do, but you need to figure this out. You need to find some way of either contacting this, the grave digger, um, finding a way to negotiate, finding something you have to be more helpful than you're being. Because Vega, yeah. truly, at this point, is not really being that helpful. Not helpful at all. And by saying, oh, well, Brennan's just going to die, I can see that that would push Booth's buttons. But oh, like, holy shit. He got You can't so just upset. assault a civilian. Oh, well, that's the thing. I was wondering. I was like, Vega could totally press charges. Oh, yeah. I was like, I wonder if those would fly, though. Like, you know, he is an agent, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. We're back in the car. Back in the car. They're talking a little bit about what they found in his leg before she did the the surgery. The, <laughs> the car surgery. <laughs> the car surgery. Um. And he's he's speculating that okay he already they he says oh someone ran me down with the car and they're like Brennan's like yeah we already knew that that's fine but they're thinking that maybe it's some sort of prepaid toll road pass that was mm-hmm. embedded in his leg right they have four to six seconds to enter a message and then hit speed dial so she's gonna honk the horn and he's volunteered to send the message because he's come up with a message that he can send in eight keystrokes and this is like a very intense moment in my opinion incredibly I'm, I'm thinking to myself i'm like what if he can't do it fast enough like he has I'm, to be lightning fast i am so slow i would never be able to do this i'd be like i would never i would make a typo and then the whole message would be like it'd be fucked it's totally fluent. yeah it'd be like oh we need to use this clue 
makes no sense because it doesn't mean anything. Wow. So she hands him the phone. Mm -hmm. They kind of do a little bit of a countdown. Like, okay, you ready? Yeah. He slams the horn on. He types a bunch of stuff in and then the phone short circuits. Yeah. But they're both in agreement that this message went, that it did get sent. There's nothing to worry about. And we don't get left in suspense for very long because in the next scene, Booth's just chilling in the FBI office. He's like, not chilling. He's freaking he's out. out. He's freaking out. But why is he by himself in his office? Anyway, that's fine. But he <laughs> is standing behind his chair and he gets this message on his phone. So we know we know that this message did go through. Yeah. The message was because he comes to the Jeffersonian immediately mm. and puts it on a computer screen. And the message is six, seven, one, six, seven, 16 M 1.4 with spaces between all the numbers. Yeah. And no one has any idea what it means. And there's, they're speculating. Cam they're all trying to decipher it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they're speculating that they're running low on oxygen. So yeah. maybe it doesn't mean anything that they, that they're just confused, but like, that's offensive. They were able to figure out how to like hotwire a phone. Yeah. But they're in too fragile of a mental state to send a proper message. <laughs> Who said that though? Cam did. And then oh. Zach jumped on. Zach yeah. was like, yeah, hypoxia can lead to mental confusion. Yeah. Anyway, so Booth had tried everything that he could think of. He tried dialing the number back. Anything that he could think of, he is getting so he's so upset. He's calling yeah. them eggheads. Yeah. He's telling them they gotta work on it. How could like yelling at them basically? And holy shit, the clock counts down to zero. Yeah. At the end of this scene. Mm. Which question. Yeah. Here we go. Did it take him two hours between the time that he received the message to have this conversation? Because I thought that they would pass out at 10 hours. That's what they said at the beginning. That they oh, have 12 God. hours, but by 10 hours, I would there we would pass out for lack so of oxygen. Is the Scooby gang calculating 10 hours as well? Or I don't 12. think so. But no, definitely 12 because in one of those initial scenes, it was like 10 hours and 43 minutes or whatever. Huh. I don't know the okay. answer to this question, Brittany. It's all very... That's okay. Interesting. <laughs> but while Tell they're all more. at the lab trying to decipher this code, uh, we're back in the car and Brennan has cut her way to the trunk and she's gotten to the spare tire in the bottom of the trunk and she's poking a hole in it so they can get some extra oxygen so smart yes and then not only that but can i tell you this is even smarter because what happens next is they are trying to figure out how to get more oxygen so then I don't know exactly what Hodgins says, but he mentions the camera batteries and something else. And then Zen and Brennan, sorry, figures out that Hodgins is trying to make what's called a carbon dioxide scrubber. I thought that was so cool. Well, have you ever seen or read the book, The Martian? 
Oh, yeah. He's obsessed with carbon dioxide scrubbing. It's such a good book. The movie <laughs> was the, eh. The book was amazing. The book was incredible. Allie and the I movie read it did together. not do it justice. Yeah, no, oh, the so movie. Good. Matt Matt Damon was a bad choice. Yeah. Anyway. So smart though. Like incredible. So they're running out of time. Two of the best people to be trapped in this situation. Oh, yeah. And they work so well together. Oh, also, yeah. we don't get a lot of Brennan Hodgins moments. No. It's kind of nice yeah. for them. Not obviously horrible situation, but kind of nice for them to, yeah. like for us as the audience to see them together. So he does this crazy chemical it's experiment so cool. where he creates this carbon dioxide scrubber, which then in turn cancels out the carbon dioxide and creates oxygen, ba, ba, which ba, ba. is amazing. And it gives them like a certain amount of oxygen, more oxygen in the air because they've filled up the car with more air, which is great. And then Brennan goes, great. Now uh, on to my next plan that I'm going to implement. And he goes, what plan is that? And her plan is to explode the airbags. And he says, which not a lot of people know this, but the airbags don't actually have any air in them. I didn't actually know that. Right. So her plan is to jerry-rig something where she's going to explode them with some sort of homemade detonator so that hopefully if they're like a certain distance or depth from the surface they can somehow create a hole to get more air and get out of there yeah if they're more than a certain <laughs> depth though it's going to be basically deadly deadly and is this where she mentions how their brains are gonna get they'll get a concussion that will scramble their brains they'll Brains will turn to jelly, basically. Yeah. And this is at the at this moment, this is when Hodgins says maybe you should write a note, like write a yeah. goodbye letter or something. And she does she does start to do that. She does. And while she's doing that, Booth is losing his shit on Zach and Cam. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As Cam is trying to justify, like, we've done everything we can can because of Angela. We know the gravedigger has some sort of customized aluminum casing on the back of their vehicle. Zach figured out what kind of stun gun the gravedigger is using and how it's been modified. Yes. Booth is like, okay, but what does the what does this code mean? That's yeah, Cam is like saying, okay, guys, you guys are too sciencey. This is why I'm here. You yeah. need to start jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Who did they send this message to? Who is it meant for? Yeah. What's going on here? So then, like, they're all trying to figure out, like, okay, well, it was from Brennan's phone to Booth, so it was to Booth. Oh, and then we go, well, be, no, maybe it was um, Hodgins. And Hodgins is going to send it to Zach. And then Zach's like, no, Hodgins is all about dirt and Angela. He's all about dirt and Angela. It's all he cares about. <laughs> and then he's and like, wait, dirt. 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 <laughs> then he rushes over as Vega gets there to say, like, sorry, I tried to ask for more time, but yes. obviously that didn't happen. Vega and Zach is like yeah, exactly. is being Rain Man over here. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay, six, seven. So he's looking at a periodic table of elements. He's looking at some map, figuring out that they're in colorist soil, coming to all the same conclusions that Hodgins had come to in a different way. Yes. And then obviously this map zooms in 
It gets smaller and, and he, smaller and smaller. And he bases yes. it on a specific factor. There's like this particular element that Hodgins put in his message where it could only be found in this one place because Hodgins knew where they were. So yeah. the map zooms in and boom, he finds it exactly where they are. So I thought this was so cool because cool. we actually saw like when he had that camera, yeah. apparently a reflectance of 1.4 is super rare. So like the every single, all these minerals, they fluoresce at different levels. So mm-hmm. like we saw it glistening and yeah. I guess that particular way that the dirt was glistening mm-hmm. after having been exposed to the like laser and the perfume showed off this like rare quality. I just, I thought it was so cool. It is cool. And you know, we should all take some science classes. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> More science. Hey, let's go. Back in the car. Back oh my car. gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, this, this is where I lost it. Oh my God. Okay. So they have jerry rigged this explosive situation and they're about to blow out the windshield and do all this crazy stuff. And she's reminding them, reminding them, reminding Hodgins that if they if it doesn't work out and they're buried more than four feet deep yeah their brains are going to turn to jelly but don't worry it's okay he can run for congress so it would be a win-win i thought yeah, that was so funny that's what always Hodgins gets says. it in there yeah so hodgins then, is in the back seat already so yes. brennan is going to come and join him he's like here to join me they mm-hmm. want to get as far away from the explosion as possible oh okay in the meantime booth and the gang arrive at this quarry yes i think looks like a quarry yeah definitely so they're on this like hill overlooking this huge quarry this area below and they're looking and he's say booth is like okay they got to be here look for tire tracks anything like any anomalies yes and while this is happening brennan and hodgins are like okay here we go are you ready Oh my gosh, this part was so sad. This was the one that really got me. Yeah, for sure. Hodgins is like, Dr. Brennan, it's been a privilege working with you and puts his hand out to shake her hand. Yeah. She obviously ignores his hand altogether and gives him a huge hug. Yeah. And you can see that they're both terrified in this uh, yeah. in this moment. Oh my God. Sorry. It was do you wanna, so, so sad. Should I keep like, going or do you want to... Well, no, he Take just, over. the way he says it, like, he's like, it's been an honor. Like, it was like, oh. Like, this is your final moment, basically. My God. But, like, class act, I'm telling you. Like, they both, like, oh, were yeah. so, like, had so much grace about it. They were like, well, because they're scientists. They know the reality. They're like, this is what's happening. So then they set off the explosion. And on the surface, there's a sort of poof, puff of dirt that kind of, erupts booth notices it right away and he fucking books it like he books it to this oh yeah puff. and like i'm gonna tell you down this hill the guy who's sprinting down the hill is shorter than david Boreanis, <laughs> and i am going to be filming this stunt man who ran down the quarry hill but oh i God. thought it was really funny because he ran he runs completely differently than david so oh, they run so he runs towards this puff and he starts just giving her, like, digging, 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 digging. Oh, my God. 
and like the sand it's sand so obviously the sand is falling back in like mm. it seems like he's not getting anywhere and then suddenly this like arm pops out yeah and it's brennan and he grabs her mm-hmm. and it's such a powerful moment where he's by the time he grabs her and gets her back onto like stable ground the rest of the gang is caught up to him yeah yeah and angela is like or brennan is like we gotta get hodgins and angela's like jack come on like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like she's rose in the titanic (laughs) (laughs) jack a movie I never saw. Anyway, what? so they're both oh my rescued. God. Okay, sorry. There's like a song that sounds like a poor man's Dallas Green from City and Color playing. It's all very emotional. Angela's like, did she? She kissed Hodgins at this point, I believe. Oh yeah. Everybody's so happy that they're alive, and it's really exciting. Anyway, it's crazy. It's absolutely I, crazy. I hope that one day. And yeah. I don't know the answer to this question. I can't remember. Uh-huh. I Good. hope that one day <laughs> we get to see the letter that Hodgins yeah. wrote to Angela. I want to see what Brennan wrote. Who did she write a letter to? Yeah, Probably Booth would be my guess. Not I'm sure brother. we'll find out at some point. Yeah. I give my brother Russ my CD collection. And Booth gets everything else. And Booth. Including my heart. My- have my refrigerator that blew up anyway also f you cam (laughs) (laughs) regardless it's a very touching scene i cried i cried like it's beautiful this episode it's so good um what about the rest like honestly the rest of this the rest of this episode if you're not crying (laughs) then you didn't cry for the rest this is a tour de force i'm telling you you the next scene where it's hodgins is sitting in front of a microscope or something looking at the piece of evidence that was pulled out of his leg before it was incised and angela comes in and she goes so uh i went to the hospital to see you and it seems that you checked yourself out and then i had to pay for crutches that you stole (laughs) and what the hell are you doing here you should be home in bed like this is crazy she literally makes him stop what he's doing and look at her she like demands that she that he looks at her and well, not in a not in a mean way like in a in a very caring like oh my god yes why are you here you need yeah. to take care of yourself this is insane yes yes and she yes. has a little teddy bear for, for him with a red bow it's so sweet Aww. it makes sense where he's at and he explains to her where he's at and yeah it's not that like yeah he has sleeping pills and he has his anesthetic and he has all these like different pills whatever mm-hmm. he's on the mend but mentally he's not in that place he's terrified that he's gonna close his eyes and when he opens them again that he's gonna be buried alive in a car yeah he's terrified to go to sleep so he doesn't want to go home and he doesn't want to go to sleep anywhere because yeah. he has this ptsd that he has that's <sighs> that he's experiencing this is a major drama girl god oh my god it's so sad and angela like you Mm -hmm. said huge moment Mm -hmm. is like you know what you should come home with me and then that Mm -hmm. way when you open your eyes i'm gonna be there and then he agrees to pay her back for the crushes 
Yes. He says, I'm good for the crutches. But I love this t- moment when she says to him, because he says, I want to catch this person. I want to catch this criminal, yeah. right? And she goes, we'll start tomorrow. We'll do yeah. it together. Like, don't, please. Like, just, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And, yeah. you know, all that. Anyway. Anyway, it's so lovely. It, it was a lovely oh, yeah. moment. TJ Time Finally. did a great job. No, no, but the actor did a great job. Oh, yeah. Conveying this. The whole episode, he was great. He was really good. And I can Does... imagine that kind of like preparing for an episode like this. Oh, my God. Would be. Like, it's hard. Like, as an actor, it would be really. It would be, It'd be a very traumatizing, probably. hard task. No, but it would just be like. It would be hard work to prepare for something like this because it's so emotional. Yeah. And yeah, he really conveyed that the the fear and the trauma and all those like that. Just the way he was in the car with Brennan too, like just so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was such such a good actor. Anyway, we're not done yet because next we have to see our favorite couple non-couple well the couple we want to be a couple okay 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 (laughs) ain't that the truth okay well i don't know how he convinced how she convinced him but i guess like near-death experience must have done it but brennan is sitting in the first pew while booth is praying she's at a church yeah she's in a church yep but she still doesn't believe in god Mm. she's okay with him with booth thanking and praying for thanking god for saving her and hodgins yeah he's she's okay with that she's okay with him praying he can do whatever he wants but ultimately it wasn't a belief in god that got her through being in the car mm-hmm. it was a belief in booth yeah she said that she knew that he wouldn't give up right and her voice kind of breaks up a bit telling him that Mm-hmm. and he tells her well i knew you wouldn't give up either yeah that's the most beautiful thing like right before that she asked him what he was praying for and he's like i'm not going to tell you but then he tells her eventually <laughs> he tells her that he he basically thanked god for saving all of them because without everyone that was there cam zach angela without yeah. everybody there they would never have been saved like without everyone's help and that whole moment where it's like, I knew you'd find me. And he said, I knew you'd never give up. And I was just like, yeah. oh, we're back. We're back. It was so sweet. We're finally back. Well, where's Cam? Hashtag where's Cam? <laughs> oh, I have to it was give such Cam a sweet this. moment. I have to give Cam this. She's a confident. I mean, okay. She's going through her insecurities. Sure. I will say this, the last couple episodes, she's been acting, Cam has been acting very insecure about their relationship. And then to this episode, she's all like, who cares, whatever, we're professionals, it's nobody's business. So I find this is very mixed, the messaging I'm getting from Cam. Mixed messaging. Also, like if, if I were in her shoes, Mm. yeah, I would be insecure about the situation considering it's so obvious in my opinion. 
Right, and he's been treating her like shit. Huge chemistry. Yeah. No, but he's been treating her like shit, and then all of a sudden he's at the diner saying, "You know, why are you? Why is our relationship yeah. a secret?" So I'm very confused by this message. Like it seems flipped. It's weird. It's also, very weird. Fully on a call, being like, "That's hot," to Brennan. Obviously, well, was... what what would seem to be a short period of time ago. That was the last episode that was very weird. Like you have to admit yeah. that episode was maybe that like was you, just you were mentioning, like that was weird. That last episode compared to this one. Yeah. Last one was like a sitcom compared to this one. Oh yeah. Know? This is very like, this is very much a drama. This is, in, this is bones in the pocket. Like, I feel like this is a bones. This is a true bones episode. This one, yeah. like for me personally, it's like two bodies in the lab level yeah like drama basically and ex- oh, sure. and real like excitement like the countdown alone like remember what was the one with the countdown before with um the death row with howard epps in season one it was um our seal- serial big serial killer arcs get uh yeah they do get a countdowns, lot of downs i guess yeah i guess so <laughs> they're like the big bads but anyway i just um what'd you think what'd you think I love this episode. Like I said, I, I remembered, I remembered this episode. Like the second I started it, I was like, yes, this is the one. Like I, I remembered it right off the bat. Yeah. I made Mark watch it. So no, it's just a beautiful episode. <laughs> it really advances so much of the storylines. So many of the relationships. Yeah. Um, And also gives us a glimpse into, like we were saying, like, we don't see Hodgins and Brennan together one-on-one very often. So no. this should, in theory, I would think we have to see how they interact going forward. Yeah. Because I would think that this kind of experience would be very much a bonding experience. Just the way, yes. the same way that Booth and Brennan had their bonding experience at the end of last season. Yes. Um, I like that they're not linking Brennan and Hodgins as romantic partners too. That they're no. colleagues. Yeah. And they, they were, they respect each other. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Brennan is a great friend. She's such a good friend. I was just thinking about that whole last season where she showed up for Angela in the desert and we're still operating on the assumption that, you know, they helped her out in that situation. And the fact that Cullen Booth's boss, his daughter has passed away. So there's that situation. Like we have to remember all these situations with these characters. And now Booth or Brennan and Hodgins have gone through this horrible trauma together. Being buried alive. Like we have not talked about this yet. Like we haven't talked about the buried alive aspect of it. Yeah. Because it's like probably everyone's greatest fear, right? Like everyone has, like it's a basic fear. And like that's I, crazy. This is top five terrifying ways to die, at least. At least, if not top three. Yeah. What's another one besides falling down the stairs? Obviously, we've talked about that before. <laughs> Dying in a fire. Oh yeah, definitely the stairs. <laughs> fire. Oh, fire oh, is God. terrible. Yeah. Drowning. Oh God. Yeah, that's pretty bad too. Fire, drowning, buried alive. Those are pretty much the three yeah falling down the stairs is top six top six for sure <laughs> terrifying <laughs> oh my god it's all so bad it's all bad there's Lindsay. no good way 
what a just, terrifying thing and for them to i just have hope the, i die in my sleep when i'm honey, gray and old i'm telling you my friend dorothy did it best she was sat in her favorite chair and went to sleep that's so awesome it's so <laughs> enviable oh honestly. yeah like what a dream literally a pain, painless way to go <laughs> what a dream i did not i made a note that i'm just noticing mm. that i forgot to mention and I feel mm-hmm. like I want to circle back. Sure. Brennan looks great when she's pulled out of that pit. Yeah, I didn't I didn't say anything because I thought let's just move forward. But I agree. They look great. I would think they'd have blood coming out of their ears. Oh yeah, something. Like her hair is perfect. Her hair is wonderful. She's barely dirty. It's like perfectly quaked. Coiffed. Anyway, sorry. I love that we said coiffed. that. That's great. <laughs> Who says coiffed? Have you never actually said that word before or you just read it somewhere? No, I think I've said it before. Because they, they say if you mispronounce a word, you should never make fun of someone because it means that they read. That's true. <laughs> I'm looking at the, um, yes, the like, you know, on Google, you can look at how like phonetically it's pronounced. Yeah. K W A F. Quaff. 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 Well, no, I okay. I learned something new. It's pretty bad. In Quaff. French, you, do, you say coiffure. Okay. Do you speak multiple languages? Just I feel like we two. talked about this before. Just the two. Very impressive. Oh, it's only because I'm from New Brunswick. That's all. Is that... Are there a lot of French-speaking people in New Brunswick? You have to know French to get a job because it's the only bilingual province in Canada federally really Quebec is considered unilingual interesting I didn't know that yes so I was one of the lucky ones that got into French immersion in grade one like right into grade one. Oh my gosh so that's I amazing. immediately the first thing I walked into my French cl- into my classroom in grade one and they were like, bonjour, comment ça va? Assis-toi, attends, you know, whatever. And you're like, your chair. Oh. And I'm like, Bleh. and then we <laughs> learned how to speak French phonetically, which they don't teach anymore. They don't teach phonetic French, which I think they should, because I learned it. it was way faster. <laughs> so interesting. I didn't even know that you could learn French like that, but it makes sense. It's it's pretty cool, actually. We I I learned based on our alphabet was up on the wall and it was all gestures like, ah, oh, eh. like it was all like these weird drawings and gestures. That's so cool. I taught them to my father and he had a friend over for dinner once and we played charades using French phonetic gestures. That's it was really so fun. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I had a weird, uh, we did weird shit like that. It was like, he was like, because my favorite was, ah, when to say A, you say ah. So I was like, ah, oh, like it was like, <laughs> so we could go like, the phonetic uh, charades was so funny. People can't see me, but I'm making very crazy faces. Oh, it's okay? so awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. That was a great episode. I, okay. Am I okay? My relationship with Hodgins is developing. Okay, this you're not. An... I still am very confused by this idea that you can you continue to hammer 
that they <laughs> he and angela have already slept together yeah i think didn't i change my mind in the last episode or two episodes ago yeah but if that's the case if he if they then haven't it slept creepy. together then it's really where i'm at where the weirdness the yeah. smelling of the hair and the weird comments and all these Even things this episode like in terms of his comment or his um the fact buying a three thousand dollar perfume and they haven't like if they haven't stalking. done anything together yes that's exactly i would that's kind of stalkery it's problematic man yeah i'm maybe we should stick with the whole they've slept together angle because it's less creepy. I don't know what's happening with me that I I should still be on the creep weirdo buying this expensive perfume shit like very strange if somebody showed up at like I'm at work and he's like showing up with really expensive gifts I'm yeah. just like I can't accept this like it's very 50 shades of gray. <laughs> Not even like Yeah, that, that was a, a problematic relationship too. <laughs> I agree. I never watched it. You know how I know 50 I didn't shades? Either. I read this woman, this amazing woman had a blog where she would review every single chapter of the novels and she wrote no. the most hilarious blog posts okay, about all these. Funny. It was so funny. And I aren't learned there, every. There are multiple, aren't there? Fifty Shades books? I think so. Did yeah, she do like, like multiple? There's oh three. my God. And there's three movies. That'd be hilarious. I always thought it was really funny because like women were freaking out, like, ooh, I was so horny. But I was just like, guys, like, come on. <laughs> so <laughs> vanilla, so basic. I just was like, Jesus Murphy. It was just like a a shock factor type movie. I actually never saw the movie or read the books. Well, the books are terrible based on the blog posts I read, but also it's just like this idea that there's all these like sort of certain women of a certain age a certain you know they're all like white middle-aged suburban moms i was like wow they're really eating this up like they're so repressed i was just like it's sad <laughs> it's sad it is kind of sad i don't know how we got from hodgins to this oh to that's 50 right. shades of gray yeah, yeah. sorry okay <laughs> i hope that I don't know, Brittany. I'm still on the fence. I still have issues with the whole thing. And I know that I, this, when I watched this the first time, the second season, I was so upset by this Hodgins Angela situation. So, yeah, I'm just, we I don't know. See. Not to take away from TJ Tyne's work in this episode, because he did a great job. He did such a good job. Amazing. It was very impressive. Yes, I agree. Okay. On that note. On that note. Shall we say bid adieu to our listeners? I guess we shall. Say so long, farewell. Farewell. Love readers <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Squint Squintcast. Cast. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it just never it just keeps getting better Brittany. yeah we're better and better every time <laughs> i didn't realize perfection could get more perfect oh it's amazing <laughs> bye bye thank you for listening to Squintcast with me kelly booth and my and your new friend Brittany elsner the bones theme is performed by the crystal method they can be found on instagram and youtube at the crystal method 
and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolance Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.